Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Hollow Hollow podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. It's warm-up! It is warm-up time, Kuya! Happy mm-hmm. 2022! And for our yes. first warm-up of the year, just to link, because we are talking a little bit about models and fashion, and I'd like to talk about On Trend. So, my curiosity is burgeoning me, and my memory fails me. Can you tell me, or our listeners, what was the most expensive or costly fashion purchase you have ever made? That I have ever made. Can I ask about how how someone else has made a fashion purchase for me? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you may, because I think mine is the same thing. But go ahead. It was a gift from my father who was trying to motivate me through the last part of my graduate school leg. Mm -hmm. And what he got me was a Rolex, an Oyster Perpetual Datejust Rolex. So I have to tell you, listeners, the story behind all of this is I was home from graduate school. I was a little bit starving, so I convinced my dad to take me out to lunch. So he took me out to a Milestones restaurant by Scarborough Town Center. Yeah. And he just asked me really frankly, so how's graduate school treating you? And I have to say, I I was feeling a little bit down because graduate school was proving to be very, very difficult and having to navigate it. And I actually didn't have as much faith in myself at the time in terms of being able to complete And my dad had seen this, at least he had seen my reaction to that question. Mm -hmm. And he had said to me when I had gone into graduate school that at graduation time, he would get me a Rolex. And I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. You can (laughs) can get me what you want. I just I just need to get through this degree so that that was a way of just, I guess, motivating me when I got into graduate school to kind of propel myself for the next number of years. But I think after seeing me just feeling a little bit, I guess, a little bit defeated, what he just decided to do was, you know, Anak, show me again the watch that you want me to get you after you graduate. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK, we don't have to do that today, Dad. Right. Said, no, 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 no. I want to see it. I want to yeah. see it. So we walk over after lunch to this place called La Suisse. They don't exist anymore as a watch Mm -hmm. store. And so I pointed out in the window, I said, this is the watch that I think I'd like to have at my graduation. And listeners, you have to know my graduation was probably five, six years away at this point. And so he says, let's go in, let's go in and take a look at it. And I said, no, 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 dad. And Listeners, what you have to know is I was like in the most rattiest clothes possible. I was wearing this kind of like old sweater where the cuffs were on its bare threads in some ways. <laughs> so we go into the watch store and he says, you know, my son would like to look at this watch. And the woman was like, salesperson who says, sure. So she grabs it. And I said, oh, it's really nice, dad. And he says, no, you should put it on. I want to see it on your wrist. And I'm like, oh, dad, we don't need to do this. And he insists I put it on. I said, oh, see, look, it looks great. He says, oh, sir, we can totally do the adjustment in the store is what the salesperson said. Mm -hmm. He says, that's great. I think we're going to take it. (laughs) So my dad brought it right then and there. 
And I know that he bought it because afterwards to motivate me, because afterwards he said to me, Anak, I want you to know that your mom and I really believe in you in being able to finish this degree. So do it. So do it. And I just thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. It was such a luxury gift. I know my dad like didn't have to do that. In fact, he had six years to save up for it, but he was just prepared and he just wanted to motivate me. And so that really motivated me to kind of finish off and deal with all the the delays and obstacles that were put in my way in terms of trying to get that final degree done in my graduate school. That is a great story. And I almost want to say it's expensive and it's worth that investment. I think that's what's so touching. It's I think that really takes it down, right? Like I think that's wonderful. I could just see your dad just Anuk, it's okay. Did that help you? Like at the end, we're like not just motivation of just like maybe that that weight on your shoulders, like I got this. You know, they have faith in me. Why do I not have faith in myself? Yeah, yeah. And He was very convinced that I could get this done. And I think that moment in time, I think that that was enough to kind of propel me going forward. And it was just like, it was the boost that I needed. Mm. Because I think, Stiggs, you know this, graduate school was a really difficult affair. And in fact, I would say it's a difficult affair for a lot of people, especially, you know, any BIPOC individual going through graduate school, not the most easiest thing to do. And so... My dad thought, you know what, you can do it. And like what I said, it propelled me. So that was the most expensive and costly fashion purchase ever made on my behalf. And yet has come to symbolize so many different things when it, I look at that watch. That is totally priceless. And like, yeah, I mean, just is. to hear this story, like, I think you just let down a lot of walls or whatever. Just where you're like, you know what, I, it's tough, you know, and I look mm. at you as, as being mm-hmm. such a successful kind and like self-aware person just to really say, you know what, I, I've gone through stuff where it's just like, okay, can I do it? And I just, I think that's a great story to share. Like that just takes yeah. the cake. I love that. Thank I you. love it. I love it. I love it. What about you? What you has been what? the most expensive or costly I fashion have, like, you've ever made? Some beautiful suits and stuff. You spend a grand or two or whatever for it. And you're like, wow, this is the same thing. And so it's a gift that my wife gave me. And this is like, I think we were just started dating. Maybe it was like a year. And she mm. was really like coming and hauling about getting a gift for me. And I was like, you know, like, it's not a big deal. Like, just don't, you know, pull out all the stops or whatever. I know that we were all like, you know, we're all just working and I don't expect something like luxurious or something on brand. But like, it's one of my most prized possessions that my wife has. It gives me a lot of like, and you've seen it before. My wife bought me, and this is just after a year, and like, I think she sold out like maybe 200 bucks on it. She got me a Burberry tie clip. Have you mm, seen I, I've seen it. You've seen yes. it. It's one of like these staple pieces I have. And I was just like, when I opened it, I'm like, oh my God, Emily, you didn't have to. She's like, I know you'd really like it. And it's just... One of those classic pieces that I have, and I remember you and Eric have said, so sartorial straits. And my wife just really like, wow. And on top of like, she got me Lion King tickets and all these things, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is so thoughtful. And I wore it at my wedding. I've worn it for job interviews. It got me lucky. And it's just a wonderful piece. And I'm sure it's something that I'll have the rest of my life and I'll, It'll be passed on to either Delaney or Mac. It's one of those little things where I guess the cost is priceless. Like it's she didn't priceless. have to do that. She really was like, "You really like it?" I was asking. I'm like, "You can oh, give me something simple." Gift. And I just, I really look at it, and I think I've worn it many times with you when we've been dressed up in our ties and stuff. It's a wonderful piece, and it's sort of linked with you just having like a sentimental value behind it. But yeah, 
Now, I'm going to ask you this from mm-hmm. your, whether it's now or then or when we had, you know, when we were younger and we were just shopping all the time. What is the most iconic fashion brand that you would buy or did you buy in your past? Like, is there some sort of fashion brand that just like pumps out at you? Like, I need to have it or I have to have it. Like, is there any, like, Jesse, iconic fashion brand that you like to adapt to or a piece that you have? Ooh, that's a really good question. I really want to be bougie about it. Yes, be bougie. <laughs> if I really want to be bougie about this answer, I would say Theory. Um, it's this nice brand. Yes, for anyone that knows, it's just a nice American sportswear simplicity brand that, you know, I just find has really clean lines these days. And I've been gravitating more to cleaner and cleaner lines. I think in the past, Super Dry was something that I used to really go you after. Have some nice pieces. Yeah, like the they have really and sports nice jackets investment and stuff pieces for yeah. sure. That's probably what I would say, like in terms of iconic stuff. And mm-hmm. I think in more my early university days, it was probably the Gap. I would probably go after totally. the Gap or totally. Abercrombie. You know, you so. were, you were, because you, you were the size. You were the size that mattered for Abercrombie. You could right. wear anything right off the rack and leg. Yeah, I got it. And you had it, way, and you had it way before anyone else did. Way That's before. true. And, you know, and it's so funny because my family would say the same thing about Uniqlo or, or Super Dry. They would be like, I would know these brands before them and then I would introduce it to them and then they, people would go crazy afterwards. So those are probably the iconic brands, highbrow, lowbrow, midbrow fashion that I've subscribed I love to. that there's just been an evolution. Like you've stated, you know, mm. from before, like Gap was me too, like in university. Like, yeah, that was a majority of the stuff we had. We were slimmer back then. So you could get just wear anything from and it. Accessible and accessible fashion. And, and it was reasonably priced back then. Yeah, it was. It, it was reasonably priced. It was like the middle bar, right? Banana Republic was a little bit more, a little bit more oats than it. But uh, yeah, it right. was much more affordable. Before, and it is funny, and I don't think you've said it before, but I have a bunch of friends from Montreal, the committee who you've met. <laughs> yeah, and Renee. They're always like, remember, Siggy, when you were really into clothes? I was like, yeah, when I didn't have kids and I was able to spend money on myself. <laughs> and she goes, you remember all those little pieces? I'm like, yes, I have like, and you've seen them too. I've had Burberry, like, Cufflinks. And I had I golf love your shirts, and I yeah, have like I, like a couple shirts, or that I can't even get rid of. Like I have some shirts. I was like, "Are you no. wearing that?" I'm like, "I cannot." But I'll mind you, my wife made a quilt for my birthday mm. in the past summer, and I really just noticed the other day. I'm like, one of them is like a cut up Burberry shirt, which I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." It was in a pile <laughs> of shirts, and I was like, "I'm pretty sure I was like touching." I'm like, "Oh, this was a Burberry polo shirt." Okay. Oh my right. gosh, that's so funny. And I didn't funny. connect until yesterday. I'm like, this, I, what shirt's this? And I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, it's, I still have it, well, look, right? I still have it, right, Kuya? It's in, yes, it's in memorial form, <laughs> right? And now it'll form. keep you warm it with all the other form. fashion that oh you have. So in a bit of a throwback, what was the trend that you, something you needed at that influential age of being a teen at 13 years old, Kuya, what was the trendy thing that you had to have that other kids had? Bring us you back know, into at, the at 80s. 13. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So tree-torn shoes. You are on point. I remember that. Tree-torn shoes were, like, pretty the tree-torn bomb, right? Tree-torn shoes. Yeah, and then you needed the Lacoste or the Polo shirt, right? Because, like, somehow, you know, me and along all my friends, we had a tennis club to go to in the middle of mid-Scarborough. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> was, and maybe, was, yeah. Like, when I think about it now, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it's really ridiculous wanting this kind of Hampton look in the middle of Scarborough. 
like I looked like I was supposed to go to a tennis competition or tennis camp or something yeah. like that. But yeah, that was the look. That was the look. It I was... needed tree-torn shoes. You know, I needed the green with yeah. the matching white polo. And if it wasn't Lacoste, then it had to be polo. And off to the fashion outlets in Buffalo did we go. That's exactly right. Just you were so, so that I can afford and so get myself a, one a $10 one. A $10. a $10 one for sure. And yeah, if it was so. cold, maybe you put a turtleneck underneath the polo. Like, remember, like, the you layer know what? I remember that, too, but I yeah. couldn't, you know, I didn't like turtlenecks in the end. Yeah. And then I had to cuff my khakis. Of course so you did. I had to cuff her khakis, right? <laughs> so that's what I needed in 1985, right? It was like air to breathe in, oh in a lot of ways. In 1988 was when I was 13. I was playing tennis a lot. And I remember everyone making comments about it. My grandmother, my nanai, God love her. She always bought me cross trainers for tennis and stuff. She got me Reebok mm. pumps. She got me the nice. Reebok pump. <laughs> God, that's and it was like super like mine was blue and it was like it wasn't the tennis one because they had a tennis ball that you could pump but like everyone's like are you wearing Reebok pumps I'm like I am oh and like gosh. they have a high top I wish I kept them because I don't even understand like the science of it like you pump it up so the blood circulation would be tighter and then you can just no, it was take supposed them up. to mold to your feet and then you so just that pump then up. you would have better responsivity and cushion so that it wouldn't like affect your joints that's what I understood. But I find this hilarious because I think you should have had my outfit when I was. Yeah, I should have borrowed that. And, and, then probably- my question. <laughs> and then I would wear the Reebok pumps. They were blue. I thought I was the coolest person, but I was 13 years old. What did I know? And finally, now that we're in our 40s, what is a trend that currently you cannot connect to right now? Oh, my gosh. I think a revival of the 80s stuff. I think it's funny. We grew up in the 80s, mm-hmm. but seeing all of this fast fashion kind of come through, yeah. I don't know that I can connect to it anymore. And I think part of it is, is that I'm kind of a little over it. And I know that sounds really snobbish. I just think... To me, the 80s wasn't about the clothes. It was about an attitude that you had to have That's the right. at the time. I agree. I just look at the clothes and it's like, well, I don't need those clothes anymore to kind of have those attitudes. Like I can have that attitude, that kind of brash and sassy attitude without necessarily needing to don the clothes anymore. So I think 80s revival stuff in as much as we live through it and that we've worn it, I don't think I can connect to it today the way influencers are connecting to it. Oh, my God. That is well put. What's bothered me, and I've said this before, is I am so irritated by, like, the skinny jean. I've got tree trunk legs or whatever. I want something comfortable. And this is the funny part. Mm. Do you remember before, and I, folks or whatever, during, at the beginning of December, or late November, December, I had to travel. So... You and I both know when we travel, what's something easy to wear on so you can wear, like, workout pants or whatever. Something really simple to slip on. So I instead... I don't even know when they came back or whatever. Did you know, like, sweatpants have, like, the garter around the ankle? Oh, like, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, the back. joggers. Yeah, the joggers. The joggers it was so funny. Yes. I needed – I had ripped one. I said, I want something quick. And I got a nice pair of Under Armour ones. And then I put them on. I'm like, oh, good Lord, the garter's around my ankle. And remember in the 90s or university, we had – it was just, like, straight legs that were very yes, simple. And they looked really nice yeah. and clean. But I'm just like, you look cool. I'm like, I am wearing jogging pants I would have worn in the 80s right now. 
Yes, it's the exact same tile. Go ahead. It is true. It is, ex- it, but it is not exactly the same cut because the difference between today's joggers and probably joggers of the eighties, yeah. which really dates it, is actually the inseam. So the inseam was much more lower in the eighties than what it is now. So much more akin to an actual pant as opposed to a jogger traditional. So that oh. is the most interesting part about the silhouette of today's modern jogger. Now that is a fashion element that I certainly connect to today. And it's like, Oh my God, thank God for joggers. You know? Oh, so, and when I wear them and I, I'm just like, you should get a couple more pairs. Cause you look they're like, comfortable. Right? Well, I looked at them and I'm wearing them now. I'm just like, Oh, they actually look better. But I was just like, is it me? Like, why is the garter back? I don't understand. Everyone's like, oh, those nice and those look nice and new and comfy. I'm like, they are and they have good pockets. Because what they do is they taper you naturally. Like, that's what it does, right? The garter will actually just taper you naturally without necessarily having to get it like so fitted or that skinny fit jean. That skinny fit jean. That's out there. Although I will say this and a plug for Uniqlo, their skinny fit jean is really nice if if they make your size. So just something to kind of check into. (laughs) Well, maybe the listeners should. I hope you guys enjoyed. Are you warmed up? I'm certainly warmed up. All right. We'll get into our full episode soon. Folks, we love email and we want to hear what you think about our podcast. Here now in 2022, email us at holoholopopculture at gmail.com. The Holo Holo podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Please rate us, leave a review. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at holoholopop and we're on Instagram at holoholopopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chel Turingen, and we'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you guys soon.